0: CHAPTER Seventeen. Emerging at top speed from Bernardo's Lagoon, I hung a right and headed northwest out onto the open lake. Feeling the good sting of sharp, cool wind in my face, I had to almost immediately drop the throttle way down. The afternoon waves were real rough out here, which proved to be a blessing of some sort because I wasn't able to think back or forward in time. Handling the heavy wooden boat required my full attention. Twenty minutes later, feeling somewhat discharged by the elements, but still in a daze, I banged up against the hot springs pier, cut the engine, and tied the boat to the weathered wooden pilings. Glancing up toward the cabins in Hacienda, I wondered if there'd been any word from Mahi or Michael while I was gone. But instead of heading up toward the main lodge, I decided a good long soak would help defog my mind to where I might just possibly know what to do next. As I headed toward the cave, a woman came walking out. The visual jolt caught me off guard, because I was just then saying a hazy prayer for a miracle to happen. But it was only Francesca who was emerging from the black hole in the mountain. Oh, there you are, she said, her voice tight. Michael was here looking for you. Were you over to his son's place just now? Hmm, was this woman enemy or kin? Yeah, I was, I told her. "'Shall we have a drink up above?' "'Um, I was going to take a soak.' "'Well, yes, we can speak afterwards,' she said. "'The dark, warm interior of the cave was just what I needed "'after the chill of the wind out on the lake. "'Making my way toward the pool I'd been in last night with Francesca "'and with Ursula this morning, "'I glanced over and up to where the old man had been sitting.' Yep, there he was again, not making eye contact, but almost surely aware of my presence. I sat down on a rock and unlaced my boots, touched a bare toe in the hot water, and slowly submerged myself downward into the liquid blackness. No one else was in the cave but the silent sage, and when I glanced at the old man again— he was still gazing into misty space. I took a slow, deep breath, leaned forward and sank deeper, going all the way underwater for a blank minute or so. Then floated effortlessly back up to the surface, and I realized without any question that when I emerged from this pool and cavern... My plan was to shift into high gear, hunt down Michael, find Mahi, and immediately split this lake. But right then it all seemed so improbable, hopeless, impossible. Very possibly Mahi would never reappear. I glanced at the old man who seemed right then to be my own personal witness. Then I submerged again down into the dark depths. And while down there, deep in the wombian weightless, timeless embrace of the water, I realized that I could just decide to start inhaling water instead of air, fill my lungs, and be effortlessly gone permanently from this whole crazy world. I felt my lungs screaming louder and louder, not for a watery demise, but for the blessing of again inhaling the earth's vast atmospheric ocean. I spent just one more eternal moment right on the edge of serious blackness, the exact flip side of life. Then my body rose up, broke the surface with a slight splash and loud echoing gasp. When I looked over toward the old man sitting like a frozen ghost in the steam, I realized that he would probably just sit there whether or not I ever came up for air. And somehow his total non-attachment soothed me rather than upset me. And for quite a while I just sat there in the pool, feeling thankful to find at least a fleeting bit of total calm and quiet. Then something external began to tug on my awareness, and my eyes caught vague movements way down at the front of the cave. And now I could see someone walking up the narrow trail toward me. Was it Mahi? No, it was a big lumbering man. "'Wingster or quemado coming to get me?' "'Wrong again. "'The solitary, sentient being approaching my pool "'was Michael Bernhardt, el maestro himself, "'walking fast and agitated, "'his bear-like shadow looming large ahead of him. "'He came quickly to the edge of the pool. "'Jack, here you are finally,' he huffed. "'I looked up at him. "'So,' I said evenly, "'Have you seen Ma Helena?' "'Seen her?' "'No,' he reported. "'But contact?' "'Yes. "'Tell me what happened over at Bernardo's.' "'And nothing happened,' I said. "'And everything. "'It's a crazy scene over there.' "'So,' he responded, "'you see now that he's the crazy one.' "'I'd say both of you are over the edge,' I replied.' But surely, he went on, you're with us, not him. I'm not with anyone, I told him. I just want to find Mahi, get my van, and get the hell out of here. Ah, life is not so simple, he said back. And right now I must know. Can I trust you? Glancing back nervously to the front of the cavern, he inhaled sharply, Damn, they're here already, he said. I looked and saw several men entering the cave. Michael reached into his hand-woven bag and came out with, Shit, there it was again, that damned jade hard-on. Mike made a move and tossed the ceremonial erection right at me. I just barely managed to catch the thing by its obvious grip. Quick, Michael muttered get over to the far side and drop it into the lake, throw it over. But I reacted, it's deep, you'll never be able to do what I say, now. So I half swam with the thing over to the other side of the pool. There was a ledge of smooth natural rock between the hot pool and the interior lake water. I looked a final time to the hovering hulk of Mahi's father then brought the carving up out of the water in one smooth motion, reached over, and let it drop. The shaft slipped from my fingers as if in slow-mo, and then was gone. Good, Michael was saying, struggling to keep his voice calm. Now I must go face my fate. Forget about me. Focus entirely upon joining Mahi. There can be no hesitation. Everything depends on the two of you. Mike, I said, I warn you, don't go to Bernardo. He's a megalomaniac with crazy techno-shit all set to... If we trust and stay in the high heart, he said, we shall stop him. You must surrender your entire soul to the deeper cause and unite with Mahi. Do you hear me? The gaggle of equipment-clad police were now just fifty feet away and closing. Michael's eyes were aglow with intensity. Hear me, Juan. Stay in the high heart. Call on Nocalito. Blessings upon you, Jack. Strike the final blow and be a man. Honor that power and... A la nueva. Five men were approaching on the run, huffing and puffing, carrying rifles. El Maestro turned to them calmly with his hefty presence and, in quiet Spanish, said to them, Gentlemen, what are you doing in here? The lead man, a short pudgy guy in military garb, quemado, demanded. I thought, El Maestro said, that I might take a dip in the hot springs before meeting you at the dock. We did agree to four-thirty, and it's not even four yet. I was just asking this man here if I might share the water with him. No sharing of water, you pervert. Come, Quemado ordered. And Michael started walking obediently away with them. Quemado said back at me, We take your boat. I order you, upon fear of death, not to leave this property. We return for you tomorrow morning. Kemato headed off down the path. I sat motionless until they all disappeared, feeling fearful for Michael. But then with them gone, and the old man still silently meditating upon the eternal life of the water of the volcano, I found my mind mostly numb wanting to just let it all go. Enough was enough. I don't know how much time went by, but at some point I found myself recalling that sleek, wet feeling of the jade piece just as it slipped through my fingers. I could now see it in my mind's eye, sinking down and down through the blue-green watery blackness slowly spiraling for what seemed an immense, weightless period of timeless time, then settling silently onto a ledge of volcanic rock covered with a sheen of thick sediment. My body moved with a splash up out of the water so that my chest rested on the rock barrier. Looking down into the water where I dropped the carving, I could see only a couple feet down, I suddenly remembered the museum, reading about the boy who'd found that very same sculpture which I just now returned to the liquid Atitlan netherworlds. Mahi would be shattered by its loss. All her ala nueva hope drowned. Why the hell had Michael told me to throw it away? Why had Michael even come to the hot springs? he and Mahi should be running in the exact opposite direction to escape Bernardo. Now Mahi was entirely out there without the help of her father or the jade. Still staring into the blackness of the water, for just a second I thought I saw a tiny point of light flashing at me from deep down, but then it was gone probably just some internal misfiring of my optic nerves. But no, there it was again, a definite glow of light. The darkness of the water was somehow being violated, the inky blackness transformed into a bubbling lightness rising upward. Something definitely physical came up fast to break the surface with a loud splash— as a very physical Atitlan monster rose into clear view just two feet from my face, looking black and slippery and gaping at me with giant, flat, unblinking eyes. Then a hand pushed scuba goggles up, and I found myself looking into the blinking bright gaze of the one person in the whole wide universe that I'd give anything in the whole universe right now to see. But she looked so strange. Her hair seemed to have been cut very short and then dyed blonde. Weird. But the look in her face, it was wild, liberated, glowing. No calito, mi juanito, she said. The expression on my face must have become temporarily ashen, because she smiled her famous broad-lipped smile. Oh, she said, am I only a vision, perhaps? Not real at all? She broke out, laughing. "Ah, I could gobble you, she said. I have only just arrived this morning. The traveling was difficult. I lay in a damp sleeping bag last night, and I thought of you. I am still aglow, but I cannot stay. I have just found what I was seeking, and although quite unwise... I had to come up to the surface to see you, if only for just this moment. She shrugged the tank off onto the flat rock and moved her body, in a tight, one-piece black swimsuit, up and over into the hot pool with me. She seemed on fire, her wet lips pressing hungrily against mine. Instantly, sexual energy crackled between us, hotter than the water we were splashing around in as we kissed and laughed and half-wrestled with each other. My energy charge rose in a surge of crazy hunger, and then things got even more intimate. No need for details of the next seemingly infinite and utterly satisfying interlude. For me, everything in the universe disappeared but her touch, her quickly naked presence, her silky skin and sudden laughs and gobbling kisses as we soared off and merged and came together with luxuriant wanton gusto and abandon. Ah, finally, she was murmuring in my ear as we both caught our breaths afterward. But then she was suddenly pushing back from me, turning her head to look apprehensively down at the opening of the cave. This is not yet fully our time, she whispered urgently. This visitation has only been the safest means for me to regain this. She reached over to the flat rock by her aqualung and grabbed the jade carving, lifting it into the air. I shall hand this to Abierta, and its true spirit shall awaken and leap up to help free our people. But wait, I warned her. I went and talked to Bernardo. He's hunting you and that thing with a vengeance. We gotta get away from this lake right now. No, she said. I must take this to Abierta. Mahi, you've got to listen to reason. Reason tells me that tomorrow morning, she said, if you have the huevos, you must come to me on the six o'clock mail boat from Panahachel to Santiago. Francesca will help you catch the boat, and then someone will meet you in Santiago and bring you to me. We are winning. I feel it. She again glanced toward the opening of the cave, and then smiled as she waved a hand to the old man, who was still just sitting up there, passively witnessing the unfolding of the universe. Then she made a fast, splashing move up out of the water onto the rock. Putting on her aqualung and headgear and grabbing the jade phallus, she slipped underwater and was gone.